0: Hello, I'm Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment. I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. And you are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, uh, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at getradio.co.uk.
1: Our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also talk about topics
0: that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses and their owners. For copyright reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. Uh, But for more info and Business Brunch-related content, please do head over to getradio.co.uk. I definitely recommend it.
1: Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike.
0: Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Good morning, this is Get Radio and welcome to the Business Brunch with Better Mike. My name is Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson Ontario Recruitment, and indeed the Oxford Business Community Network. And my name is Mike Foster, the Entrepreneurs' Mentor. Now, after 100 shows, we hope that you
1: already know that our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also discuss topical issues that we know are impacting on local businesses here in Oxfordshire because you, the listeners, are telling us. Now today our guest is a well-known individual from the Oxford business community with whom we will talk about their latest role and their vast experience, expertise and knowledge around a topic that perhaps we all need to execute better and sometimes we avoid. On today's show we look forward to welcoming our guest who is Nick Babington, the MD of Shaffer, and a well-known local business connection that has built exceptional sales teams. So, Ben, can I ask you then, how can businesses develop their sales activity?
0: That's a great question, Mike. Um, and I think only a question that we can put to our expert, Nick. Um, throughout the show, uh, or throughout the next hour, I'm sure Nick's going to share lots of expertise, experience, some tips, and really some great points all around sales. This is the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. We'll be welcoming Nick after this welcome back to the business sprint with ben and mike on get radio um today really in, really delighted to be um joined by nick babington or uh, the md of Chappa. um welcome nick hi how you doing ben mike you okay thanks so much for joining us um so let's dive straight in nick um tell the listeners um all about you um and indeed um the Chappa.
2: yeah okay well i'll uh I'll try and do that the best I can. I'll start with me, I'm a, a tame boy, educated in tame, educated in Oxford, spent the majority of my business time in around Oxfordshire, although I've hold and have held senior posts around the UK and abroad. The chapper, I'm here to assist this business to grow. I sit as the MD and my role today is increasing and making the sales function a lot more effective. Amazing. Um, And for those who don't know The Chapper, what is The Chapper and what do they do? So um, best way is to start with my own experience, I think, Ben, if that's all right with you. I was flicking through GQ magazine. I had a a property company and a state agency in Long Crendon called Babington's, funny enough. And um, I was flicking through, didn't have the time to shop. And I remember that was my first experience of organising a trunk of clothes to be sent over from a stylist and then it was done over the phone, talked about my style, talked about the smart casual look and I, I got hooked. A few years back, a friend of mine called Ed James acquired the business, made some subtle changes and we've been talking about how He wants to grow this business ever since. And I I suppose in summary, it's an opportunity to receive clothing through the post from, uh, there's been handpicked from one of our stylists that have excellent relationships with brands like Barber and Scotch and Soda, Boss, Lacoste. I always say, we don't deal with prada end and we don't do with the primac end we deal with the bits in the middle and it's sent through from a, a, on a courier to your door you keep what you want and we'll come and collect what you don't want and it's uh, it saves the time for jumping on buses and trains and driving and parking into shopping centers and go out looking for things that ultimately us guys tend to buy what we always buy so our wardrobes all look the same so i i I've been a client for some time, and that's my experience. Others have other experiences, but that's predominantly mine. Amazing. No, really great intro, and look forward to diving more into that um,
0: as as the show goes on. Um, But before that, um, you have chosen a song for all the listeners this morning. Maybe the toughest question you'll be asked so far, but what is your song choice, and why have you picked it?
2: (laughs) Oh, God. there's a little bit of a story. Anyone that knows me is like, oh, here's Nick with his stories. There's always something that he needs to say. But I've I've chosen a track called Proud Me. Mary Tina Turner I was brought up with Tina Turner with my father loved Tina Turner and I always remember there was this crazy lady on the telly as I was growing up and he would have it on full blast throughout the house and you know looking at uh, Tina's journey as a child into uh, an artist and the challenges that she had throughout her whole time uh, ultimately this is a fabulous song I mean it's not the most upbeat song in the world but it's the type of song that you know I go out running and I put I put a bit of Tina on and my story is I've power walks with Tina Turner as it happens in Monaco. So one of my uh, previous boss used to invite us to his board meetings in Monaco. And guess what? I was looking out the window, stretching, thought I'd go for a run. And down came Tina Turner down the hill. Power walking and little did I know that uh, she was the neighbor. I asked her whether she'd mind if I joined and she said if you can keep up. And I did keep up, but she she was great. And we spoke for half an hour and I, d- I didn't want to really spend much more time than that. I thought, look, she obviously needs some time by herself, So I made my made my exit. But that's one of my most most enjoyable half an hour that power walking with Tina Turner. So all of that together, I think she's a fabulous woman. Oxfordshire Station gets radio. This is the Business Brunch with Ben and
1: Mike Can't Get Radio. Before that song, chosen by Nick, um, the Tina Turner tune, and I'm sure whilst you were also listening, uh, you were thinking about Nick Powell walking with Tina Turner um, on that, that route he was explaining. Yeah, we'll talk about that one another day, Nick. Anyway, our show aims to share the knowledge, experience, and the expertise of our guests, whilst we're also discussing topical issues impacting on local businesses, and today we're talking about sales with Nick Babington. Um, for this part of the show, we welcome back Nick for our roundtable discussion, and a reminder that Nick is the MD of Chapper, and someone that we know will share loads of useful tips around sales. So Nick, just to kick off our discussion then, can I ask you, from your experience, how would you describe what sales is and how important it is for businesses
2: to execute it well? Okay, so... I think I was told, I've been told a few times and and you know some of the experiences I've had would seem to indicate that this is correct. There are a lot of businesses out there that have a great product, but they don't have a sales team and they don't know how to manage salespeople. And as you'll know that a salesperson can put big numbers on the board. But if you work for DFS and you've got a sales guy that sells 50 sofas a week, 30 above your target, but they all come in the wrong colour, it's about managing salespeople as well. So a salesperson can have a big positive impact on a business, but also these people need managing and they need to know where their boundaries are.
0: No, Really good, really good insight. Um, Nick, I, I think that there's a, a big phrase that I hear at networking, for, particularly from business owners, is I'm not a salesman or I'm not a saleswoman.
2: Um, as a business owner, do you need to be a saleswoman or a salesman? I think everyone is selling at some point, And I think that's a good thing. I don't think there's anything, anything wrong with that. And I do think that if you are a business owner, you, one of the things that you need to be doing is making sure that people know what you do. And networking is a a great prime example for that. I mean, there are different techniques, of course, that you would do. And if you're talking to somebody on a one-on-one basis, you need to listen to the person that you're speaking to first because it's polite and it's the right thing to do. But no, absolutely, if you're the business owner, you need to be leading from the front.
1: One of the things that I always find quite interesting, Nick, is that, you know, when as a business owners and we're scaling our business, we probably think of, well, we can outsource finance. We can let go of that with a little bit of trust. We can outsource the lead generation through our marketing. We can outsource some of the operations maybe, but sales people get nervous with in terms of the return on investment because perhaps the salesperson is going to cost us a larger salary than some other roles. Or therefore, am I you know, taking a bit of a gamble, if you like, on this person? What would be your advice
2: to a person about, you know, lining up the pounds they're going to spend versus the ROI? I mean, it's something I've had to do here from the minute I walked in is figuring out, you know, first of all, the demographic of our client base, looking at opportunities that we've had throughout the business that we maybe not closed for one reason or another, and then looking at the cost of pay per click cost of social media marketing. And there's so much out there. It's Quite tricky for me, I'd like to say, I've got a bit of knowledge on marketing, and lead generation and sales. That's predominantly because I was lucky enough to spend two years building a business in Canada and all the knowledge I didn't have as a typical sales person, which is effectively walking up to an appointment with a contract and a pen in my hand and look to try and encourage that person to do business with me. I mean that, I don't want to disrespect anybody that does that, but that ultimately was what I was doing. A lot of people do and do very, very well. But I started to understand a lot more about how the back office works and how much do you get for your buck so here we've uh i've first thing i've looked at is 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 our database our crm and establish on on how much meat have we got in the bone here can we go back to some of these people and say look you know you have used us before or you didn't want to use us can we talk to you about why and and maybe let you understand a little bit more about what we do so we've 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 done that along with four internal marketeers salespeople, people um telemarketing, however inside sales whatever they want to call themselves where they're predominantly picking up the phone and engaging so i've looked at the cost of that which is the thick end of a hundred thousand and way to bring these people in to be proactive with a database. Now we have a database, we have an excellent yeah. database. Uh, and for me, it you know, it's works. It was a bit of a gamble, but it's worked with the engagement that they've had and the extra business that they've managed to generate. Of course, stage two for me now, uh, gents, is um, these leads will start getting getting called often messages left they don't they're not as warm as they were so although we've tripled the amount of business in just six weeks here per week based on you know that activity i need to now looking at you know stage two now stage two for me is self-generation A salesperson needs to have the ability to ask for more business from people that are using the service and good salespeople will generate business themselves and populate their diary. And those that are people that are are good sitters, if you like, and closers, it becomes more trickier for them to maintain the next high levels of business expected. So my team here are going through self-generation training. Uh, we've decided to dip our toe into some marketing, uh, and we both know good businesses in and around the Oxfordshire area that we can talk to about generating opportunities for us. So we we'd be looking at that as the th- as the third link. Currently, my strategy is working. Uh, the one thing with us here at The Chapper is we send out a trunk of clothes. The big thing for me when I got here was these trunks of clothes were sat in people's living rooms. They were sat, you know, in, in people's front front rooms, front by the front door, because we weren't quick enough at returning, getting these returns. So I've looked at the process of getting these items back so we can start charging people. So we've I've reduced the 14-day turnaround to seven. So I'm getting more trunks out and I'm getting them back a lot quicker, which means that we do get our paid right away. So there's no invoicing. I mean, we do send an invoice. There's no invoicing. So it's quite a simplistic sales process for me is we know exactly who our client is. We know that we can send the items out they would like. As long as we get that trunk back quickly, we can price it. Stage two is to say, who else do you know? What networks are you part of? Could we encourage you with a referral fee? And and we've seen lead generation go from zero to 16% of our business now. So that's business that we haven't paid for. So that's working. Stage three. Is to get these people more efficient in what they're doing, create bigger networks, and start dipping more of a toe into the market regarding lead generation. But we're competing a lot with some of these bigger brands, so putting in a an effective PPC campaign when you've got brands like Selfridges and Harrods and all these other bigger bosses and things is quite tricky. So we do need to. Work quite closely with somebody that can help us with that. That's next. So I think, depending on your your, your business, again, I'll, I'll I'll repeat what I said right at the beginning. The majority of people I come across have excellent products, but they just don't know how to put together an effective sales campaign.
0: No, really, really good insight. Th- thank you so much for your thoughts so far. We'll continue the conversation after this. The Business Brunch Podcast, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts, so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Um, Today, really, really delighted to be joined by Nick Babington um, to talk all things sales. And certainly, as I always like to say, Mike will laugh at me now, bring your notepad because you're definitely going to need it today. Um, Nick, just just to go back to to the point that you were making before. um, I think something you were kind of touching on there, particularly with kind of phase three, is almost having kind of fans of your products and and I, and I just want to I just want kind of come on to that a little bit more. Um for those listening at home or in their office that is that are really looking to build their brand, have those advocates, the people that don't need to be sold to, that they just are screaming and shouting about what they're doing. Can you give any kind of techniques of of what you can do there in terms of getting genuine fans for your business?
2: Yeah, yeah, I can. I can. Okay. So um, over time, I have built up a pretty good journey on what a customer might go to before they choose to spend money. Now that, that, that could be going online and doing a quick search on Trustpilot for instance. So getting fans of the business is if, if you ask a question, you predominantly get an answer. So if you're looking at generating opportunities, salespeople tend to fail based on they talk too much, which is sometimes what I do, uh, and they don't ask for the business. So that's, that's a good, a good way to start looking at the other ways your, your journey. Okay, so t- to generate new more new business, you need to show people that you're active, people like what you do. So all of my guys here are now calling our customers on the day they receive their clothing. And we're not asking questions uh, apart from, I just wish to check that everything's arrived safely. And when do you think that you might get an opportunity to look at the clothes? Okay, so we need to build in the value at that point and show that we care, which they do. The stylists do. They, that's one thing these stylists are, is they do care and they live and breathe fashion. And they're far better than all of us in helping us look a certain way that we want to look like. So that, that's been very important at that point. Now, as soon as somebody, I don't, I'm saying to these guys, look, don't, don't ask them, do you like what we do? Because that gives the impression that people don't like what we do. And we're trying to figure out who doesn't, who doesn't. You know, simple question along the lines of, is there anything else I can do for you? I follow that up with, can you do me a favor? Now, if somebody asks you to do a favor, you predominantly think, yeah, I'd do a favor. It's a good way of saying it. And then you ask them two things Would you mind uh, sharing your experience on Trustpilot? So others can see that, you know, you've been happy with what we've been doing. And you will know somebody like you who would be interested in a service like this. I'd be very grateful if you would kindly introduce me to that person so we can put in an introductory call. If it helps, you, we are currently giving a voucher to new customers and also putting some credit on our customer's account of £25. So we have one particular customer that's gone crazy. and He's emailed his whole salesforce and we've ended up with 18 of his salespeople on. And I don't know what 18 times 25 is off the top of my head, but put it this way, he won't be paying for his next lot of clothes and probably a second lot so it's it's questions we need to ask the question and asking for a favor is a really good way of of getting getting somebody to say yeah do you know what i don't mind doing you a favor of course and it's a polite way of asking and that's that's how we uh, have done it with a link so we've sent a link to their whatsapp So we're using phone a lot now. So people react well to WhatsApp. I don't know whether all businesses are using that, asking for referrals. But if you send an email, they tend to delete it. Or they might say, I'll do that later. And of course, they never do because they're busy with their business. But as soon as you send somebody a WhatsApp, it just seems to create quite a quick response. Mm. So we tried it as a pilot and it's worked really well. So we've got WhatsApp business. Didn't even know that existed till coming here. But we have WhatsApp business and we're generating, I would say, 15% of our our deals per day, because um, I'm a bit old school, deals per day have come from lead generation. So ask the question, ask something polite to come back, and uh, and off you go.
1: I just want to build on that really, Nick, because um, one of the things I've always enjoyed with our conversations is that you've always got the next thing to say, which I, I always probably sort of struggle with in my own sort of sales, acts. actually. I think the thing that I always reflect on is that a lot of businesses miss the opportunities to close the deal, you know, like maybe asking for the business or just to spot the spot the buying signal. The conversation we have, it sounds as if you're a bit more in control of the process so that you know when to ask for the business. Would that be fair to say?
2: Yeah, no, I I mean, always, always closing, I'm telling people here, you know uh, a, a trial closure is a, is a, is a, is a good is a good a good thing to pop in if you can and some of the guys here are talking about that if I can talk with you about your style and and we can find some items that might suit you is this something you'd like us to arrange for you is a question early on but yeah there's no wrong time to ask for the business where it becomes tricky is if people don't listen to what other people are saying to you and you find here with some of the people we have, if there's a point of improvement, and there's always a point of improvement, by the way, but there's a big point of improvement here is they're so excited, these guys, about the clothing. and They're so excited about how they can make you look. They tend to be telling the prospect too much information when it'd be quite nice to, to back, sit back and say, tell me a bit about you where do you hang out are you smart casual at work do you go like going to restaurants you know is there a specific person that you relate to that you'd like to look a bit like and it sounds a bit strange but this is the sort of questions we should be asking but but yes there needs to be a structure absolutely you again a lot some of the processes i've seen tend to be broken where there'll be a link missing somewhere and again it, it it doesn't take long to find that link okay so I got a friend of mine who who has a business that needs to generate more and it's a big thing to do lead generation but guess what he hasn't got a product at the end that will enable somebody to quite simply put a referral in which is a feedback form so he's got them asking the question and he's got them showing an interest but then he's leaving them to email them with a name and number and I said you need to get yourself a link you need to get a link that you can send them so they can complete that link and then send it back automatically so there needs to be a process where you consider the whole journey and, and make that easy for somebody
0: no really 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 good points really good points Let, let's just go back um a little bit if that if that's okay nick to to people so so your team so you've built a team a team of four um within the Chappa. um in terms of training salespeople to ensure that they're always getting getting better what could businesses do to upskill
2: the teams that they already have Okay, some of the businesses I've looked at, uh, Ben, because I've been asked through this process of leaving my other employer that I've been with for some 16 years to help some people, um, some businesses in in their their process, they spend an awful lot of time inducting and training on the product, things like Salesforce. Salesforce is really important. It's what I use. I know there are other, there are other very, very good other packages, CRMs out there as well, and I know of a few. But... We happen to use Salesforce here, something that I'm fairly familiar with. But I've been looking at some of these inductions, uh, Ben, and 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 it's 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 all it's all product heavy. Mm. It's all systems heavy, product heavy. And look, there are times we've just got to sit down and 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 go through the sales process and 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 talk about the product. But how do we present that product? Okay, that's that for me is the really, really important thing in it, in, Yes, we need to know how to update the COM, and we need to understand all the bits and bobs of the product, but it depends on how technical it is. But I, I do think we miss the interaction face-to-face do, do, look, when I when I was out first selling, right, I used to not necessarily knock on doors, but I was quite pr- productive. And I, I did go out and introduce myself. Mm-hmm. Do you know, what? I didn't have a, I didn't have the Internet, the game of the name and name and telephone number and email address of the business owner. I didn't have any of that. I I, I generally had a yellow pages if I was lucky and I would have to go and search for my own opportunities. Now it's too easy. There's LinkedIn is a great tool and it's and it's a powerful tool if again, used in a way that you're trying to give business to others and try and encourage and share Mm -hmm. and a bit of the giver's gain. So look, you know, you're a guy out there that's prepared to help people. And then hopefully, hopefully you'll get some opportunities back. But, you know, people, people, people work too much on email. They don't thank people. They don't pick the phone up so much and try and have conversations. And I just think that there are certain things. When's the last time you received a handwritten note thanking you for an introduction you've been given? someone ben or, or mike i mean i do that all the time i'd much prefer to get a note thank you card and say look hi ben i really appreciated that introduction that you gave me to so and so thank you and also when was the last time you got some feedback so you introduced me to somebody i'll ask them to provide some feedback to me and i'll let you know how it's going mm-hmm. that type of old school interaction is something that's missed on all inductions and all training platforms. And the art is to get your salespeople to be polite, ask permission to talk. Too many people ring me and cold call me out. and always listen to them because this, that's what I train. And also I might be able to pick up the odd tip and also I might be able to employ the odd good person. But they very rarely ask me if I've got time to take the call. They very rarely introduce themselves effectively and they very rarely know nothing about me because they haven't researched me. You know, And I think there are three glaring errors there That some of the old school way to communicate with people will make them look different. I, I update my answer phone all the time, every day. You're through to Nick Babington the day and what I'm doing because it makes me look different. You know, if somebody made 10 phone calls and spoke to 10 answer phones, I guarantee there'll only be one that gets changed and updated. Did you have a nice weekend? It's a shame England lost in the rugby again, but hey, it's a Monday morning. You know, I'm busy this morning. I'm likely to get back to you in the afternoon, it manages your time, it manages the expectation from the person. All these little bits that you can do as an individual salesperson, can they make yourself look very busy, make yourself look very interesting. And guess what, people like to do business with people that are different, that they can trust. And I would say that that is such an important part on any induction and any refresher training. And these are the types of bits that can that can get you that extra 10 or 15% more business from each person, which of course has a massive impact on the bottom line for the majority of businesses that employ less than 50 people. Really, useful. so thought provoking. I've, I've been
1: sort of thinking about my own process and the lack of time that I pick up on the phone. I love the, the thank you, note. I'm still reflecting on the comment you made right at the start about looking the same every single day because I wear a waistcoat and a white shirt every single day with jeans. So uh, that's been reflected for me. I think the thing that I wanted to ask you about, Nick, in terms of building sales teams is, you know, obviously we, we're trying to recruit the right talent all the time in businesses and sales is obviously a important port- 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 one, coming back to the point I made earlier about the return on investment. But what I find about sales is there's a massive fear around the word sales or delivering sales. So with those people, how do you develop that so that it's less of a fear? Or is, it, is there another thought process?
2: What, you you mean from from a recruitment point? The fear well, of recruiting people you've, you've recruited
1: someone you believe on paper they can do the job, but you find yeah. that they don't like picking up the phone. They don't like knocking on doors. Oh. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Oh, do you know or what? Just upselling people and things like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and 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 you know what? people are really good in the interview, aren't they? When they come through, I, I've always said that a good a good telemarketing team, a good salesperson is only as good as the data and the and the product you give them. I mean, you could be. I count myself as a you know reasonably good salesperson um, that's been successful. But I've had um, been able to work with a good brand and and some good training and ultimately uh, a business with a good reputation. With with leads for me to, to 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 start a conversation. There are a lot of order takers out there, people that want to take your leads and and make you know all sorts of calls and then come to you and say, which I had, you know, the first person I hired here, said, well, you know, no one's picking the phone up, no one's talking to me, I had an awful day and and then i refer them back to the training we talked about and talked about the you know the lead generation from their own point of view i'm sure this person will work out with a little bit of support however you you know you can give people good lists you can give people good good customers and here It's a relatively easy conversation. I've worked in businesses where that conversation is a lot tougher, trying to find out the decision maker, trying to book appointments for decision makers. These guys are effectively picking up the phone to men and saying, you use the chapper, would like to encourage you to use us again. I mean, it's a very straightforward pitch. Frankly, it's not particularly tricky. But do you know what? You soon you soon realize that when somebody comes in and they're not engaged, you tend to find that you need to move these people on pretty quickly and make it not particularly painful. You look, if somebody's prepared to get in early and work hard and give it a shift and listens, you can always turn them into a salesperson that that will do okay. right? You know, how, how they get up in the morning, how organized they are, how prepared they're really up for it will make a big, 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 big difference. So I'd say somebody comes in interview bring them on board three month trial period and move on very quickly so i tend to find people move on for me you know within the first two weeks or they're here for 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 a number of years so i i tend not to mess around too much but again back to them three stages that's what you tend to find you 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 tend to find that you know if somebody's prepared to come in and give it a good go you can give them the support and you can give them the training the next step is, are they prepared to get out of their comfort zone and ask for new business and develop themselves as a salesperson? And the third one is consistency. You know, if you've got yo-yo figures in a business, you know, that's a worry. I'm sure Ben, you especially will be able to sit with somebody and say, well, if, if you know, you need to be more consistent, you've got a problem if you're doing, if you're bringing in 40,000 in January and five in February and 50 in March and 10, you'll, you'll, you'll be saying straight away, Ben, and obviously you as well, Mike, look. This isn't consistent enough. There's something that's not working. And we need to find out what that is. And you tend to find that with salespeople if their numbers are all over the place. You want a consistent performance. Um, and there's another good sign whether this a, a particular person is going to work out. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for your thoughts so far. We'll continue the conversation after this. Introducing you to local trusted experts. This is the Business Brunch Podcast, sponsored by We Do HR Support leave your hr to the experts so you can focus on what you do best welcome back to the business bridge with ben and mike on get radio and um, thank you nick for for sharing so much um insight already i'm um, really around kind of that sales process and, and the brand that you're doing some great work with um at the moment so thank you for that um nick i just want to bring the conversation back to something you touched on um quite early in the show which was your calendar experience and you mentioned that that was a, a real kind of learning curve for you so can you just share share with the listeners um, a little bit about kind of where your focus was there and, and really kind of the the learnings you took from from that in terms of entering a new market and new role and kind of those kind of board experiences really
2: yeah i would be very happy too because at the time that i got the call uh as a business, we'd moved into Sydney and been very successful there. We looked at ways in which we could be better in Ireland, which we put an office in Ireland, and that made a big difference. And then the next thing is Canada. So I'm sat in the board meeting um, and working for an entrepreneur, incredible man. I, I feel I've been mentored by somebody in the Times Rich List, very high up in the Times Rich List, on a almost a weekly basis for 16 years. I'm, it's a great privilege to me. He's an incredible guy, and he makes decisions. And his decision on that board meeting was, we're going to Canada. And he looked at me and said, and you're doing it. I mean, it was <laughs> like, really? And I thought to myself, that sounds exciting. I have no idea what my wife's going to say. I mean, she's going to kill me 100%. So I had to find the best time. But look, all joking apart, it was a great opportunity. I had my son at the time, he was 12 sporting guy he had to walk out of oxford united football club as academy but then he went into playing top level football in toronto in canada so he was happy my daughter was relatively young so we turned up in canada i remember i had a mont blanc pen and a mobile phone and it was oh god it was cold mike you wouldn't i mean it was it was proper cold it must have been minus 15 and it was it we had we had this horrific storms that were coming down and we were staying in the in the trump hotel which is quite an interesting hotel as you know because the canadians hated it absolutely hated it didn't like donald trump didn't like the hotel it was a new hotel so whenever i said i stayed in the hotel i got this funny look but i i set up in a, a solicitor's office there were three of us four of us in fact there was there was a guy called mark who was head of our legal team des Shaw, who was a fantastic ceo incredible man and and, and rad singh much the same who did IT and finance and me as the sales guy. And at the time I was the really only one that had any knowledge on the product and the sales process. So it was a bit like, well, that's you Nick and that's you. And trying to recruit 10 internal salespeople, 10 field salespeople, and an internal sales manager to a business from the UK with no track record in Canada at all, apart from a video, this is what we do in England, was, was proper tough. We dealt with a very, very good agency, and I don't know what it was. I mean, it sounds a bit strange, really, but I was, you know, the Canadians are just like us. I mean, it's a stupid comment. You'll probably think, everyone's listening, thinking, Nick, are you mental? But I didn't think they would be. I I don't know why. I thought North America, I just had this perception. But no, they look the same. They act the same. They understood the product. Um, They took direction very well. I have to say it's a very caring country. Wonderful people. They're a bit tougher to close, the Canadians. It takes a little bit more time to build. So it tends to be a second meeting sit, I found a lot of the time, Ben. It wasn't over here. Look... Over here, business owners, they make decisions. We have to make decisions like that, right? If you're running a business, it's a fish and chip shop with 10 staff. You've got to make a decision, you, you know, and you, you tend to find, you know, people will say, do you know what, Nick, this sounds sensible. Let's do it. In Canada, it was a bit trickier. You know, it very much was a look, I need, but, but you found that your second meeting's all closed. So if you're able to turn up to a second meeting, it closed. Again, in the UK here, I find that the second meetings don't so much because they tend to book you a second meeting and fob you off. Yeah, Nick, come back and see me. I need to talk to my wife or come back and see me. I need to talk to a business partner. Mm -hmm. And I'd say that 60, 65 percent of second meetings in the UK would cancel. They'd ring in advance. They'd look, we decided against it. But Canada was a bit different. So we had to learn things like cell phone and vacation, but we opened in, um, in Toronto, 20 staff. So we had legal team, uh, um, HR team, as well as a health and safety team. And look, we did, we did well very quickly. There was a new bill that came in called Bill 148 that came in in Canada, which suddenly frightened the life out of all sorts of employment law. And that gave us a really good leg up. We ended up in three provinces. So we ended up also, so that's Ontario. So that was where we started in Toronto. Uh, we then ended up in Vancouver, which was, I don't know if any of you have been to Vancouver, but I tell you what, that's a that's a proper place. I can't ski, so it's no good for me, but that's a beautiful place. Uh, and again, we went to, opened up in Calgary, which of course were famous because of the Olympics, which you might remember. It's the only time I remember anything Calgary related, but Calgary and Edmonton were two other locations. And look, we we, we we were the second fastest growing business in Canada. And we were surrounded by uh, marijuana growth uh, centers because they legalized marijuana as we were there. So every time my daughter and I in the UK walking past and we smell, we smell that. On the streets in the UK, my daughter says, "Oh, Dad, it smells like Canada," <laughs> and and literally and and, and literally these marijuana um, shops and plants were popping around everywhere, and it was quite a strange strange place to work at the time because you were literally walking past people that stood outside some offices smoking joints which is the strangest thing to get your head around especially when you're trying to build up hr policies you thought that smoking and alcohol policies were bad enough to implement you try implementing that with a bunch of telesales ben that was quite an interesting <laughs> that was quite an interesting interesting thing well it's legalized nick what's your problem so, well maybe legalized but you're not doing it while you're working so um we had a little bit of that but uh, but look it was an amazing experience it wasn't just training the staff that um that uh, i i i had to learn a little bit more of a skill set it, it was the it was the it was the lead generation the pay-per-click you know how to convert leads when's the best time to ring them the follow-up on these leads and the sales pots that that you need to ensure that you know when a lead comes in it's not forgotten about and it's called at certain times i i learned an awful lot about the lead process because I spent more time inside what we call the engine rather than benefiting from what the engine predominantly spits out, which is what I, my main background was. But I, I can tell you now that business is doing very well, really well. Um, and you know, it, it, it was such a fun time. I, I don't think I've ever worked as hard and been as cold at times. And, you know, I would I was still walking around in my barber jacket in my brogues, you know, <laughs> for the first year. And the staff would look at me and thinking there's something wrong with this guy. And and second year, I gave up. I gave up. I was wearing a Canada goose uh, and I was wearing a whopping great big pair of bogs. <laughs> and I said, OK, I'll leave my brogues in the office and my barber that stayed in the office but uh, so there we go but it obviously. was a wonderful experience wonderful
1: obviously experience. obviously a man built a built to to do the role you are at Chappa, with the you in your barber, eh? Still in uh, Canada?
2: But yeah, the, I have to say that works here too. Yeah, we do do a lot of barber. It's very nice. Yeah, nice jackets.
1: We're just coming to the end of the show, so we've got probably ten seconds for you to give us your top tip, as we like to ask of our listeners. So, what would be your top tip around sales to share with our listeners?
2: Okay, top tip. Um, some something I've 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 said before. You know, don't underestimate your customers. They're already people that are spending money with you. Forget generating new client. Make sure you look after your customers they'll give you everything you need. Great tip. Great tip. And, and
0: what a way to end the show. And um, so thank you so much Nick for joining us on the Business Branch of Ben on Mike on Get Radio today. And um, it's been a real pleasure and thank you for sharing um, such such insight with the listeners. You've been listening to the Business Brunch with Ben and
1: Mike here on Get Radio. We're back next Sunday with brand new guests. Well, we'll be discussing digital health with Megan Morris-Carter and a couple of her members from the Hill community. Also, in case you've missed it, uh, this show's now on a podcast format. So you can catch us on the Business Brunch in whatever format you like. So you can catch us on DAB on radio or online at 11 o'clock every Sunday. You can catch us in podcast as it's released on all your favourite platforms every Monday. And then there's a video version comes out on Tuesday. So loads of choice for you to catch up with the business brunch every week. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and we'll see you next week.